Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. You can find all three of those books at my website, DorendaWilson.com. You can find them at Amazon, and you can also find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I mentioned. Now, most of you know that my favorite homeschooling magazine is Homeschooling Today, and many of you have begun to subscribe and tell me what a wonderful magazine it is magazine it is and and what a blessing it's been to you. So uh, for those of you who aren't subscribing and want to hear a little bit more about it, uh, listen in. When it comes to homeschooling, isn't it discouraging to see so much on social media that simply doesn't match your reality? Life is messy. Kids can be exhausting. School doesn't always go as planned. Sometimes we all need some real encouragement, some real, truly practical help. That's one of the reasons I write for Homeschooling Today magazine. The entire team at Homeschooling Today wants you to know that messy, exhausting, imperfect homeschooling is an incredibly beautiful thing because it's real life as we take an unhurried, bold approach to homeschooling our kids. An approach that says, I won't compare my homeschool to others. I'll teach the kids God has given me in the way that he leads me to do it. I want to encourage you to check out Homeschooling Today magazine. It is an amazing resource for the unhurried homeschooling mom. I am always encouraging parents to simplify as much as possible, but we also want to continue to be faithful to give our kids a good education. The problem is that there really isn't a solid measuring stick because every child is wired differently. And as I shared in a podcast episode a couple of weeks ago called Why Grade Levels Don't Really Matter, most of those standards are arbitrary. So we can easily end up throwing extra burdens on ourselves and our kids that are simply unnecessary. This is why it is so important to focus on purpose in our kids' education rather than performance. Language arts includes uh, a broad array of topics that parents can become, you know, it's such a broad array of topics that parents can become overwhelmed and doubtful that they're actually covering everything well. This can lead to becoming overburdened by curriculum and bookwork and missing the joy of learning. So years ago, I was introduced to learning language arts through literature and I immediately fell in love with it. I felt like it gently covered the vast array of language arts pieces without being overwhelming. Now, I didn't use it for all eight kids, but I found it to be one of the mainstays in our overall curriculum choices. Susan Simpson and the late Debbie Strayer are the creators, authors of Learning Language Arts Through Literature. And today, Ashley Wiggers is joining us to talk about some simple, unhurried ways to use this curriculum. I'll tell you a little bit about Ashley, and you'll make the connection yourself as you hear um, a little more about her. Ashley Wiggers grew up in the early days of the homeschooling movement. She was taught by her late mother, Debbie Strayer, 
who was an educator, speaker, and the author of numerous homeschooling materials. It was through Debbie's encouragement and love that Ashley learned the value of being homeschooled. Currently, Ashley is the co-executive editor of Homeschooling Today magazine and the author of the Profiles from History series. Ashley makes her home in Lutz, Florida. Did I say that right, Ashley? It's Lutz. It's it's Lutz. (laughs) I knew I I messed that up. All right. (laughs) So Lutz, Florida. Sorry to all of you who live in Lutz, Florida. Uh, With her supportive father, Greg, her loving husband, Alex, and their precious children, Lincoln, Jackson, and Ruby. I love those names. Um, Welcome, Ashley. We're so glad you're here with us today. Thank you so much for having me on, Dorinda. Well, I'm excited because this was something, this was a curriculum that I was introduced two years ago, as I mentioned before. And I remember looking through it and going, wow, they're really covering like everything, but it just doesn't seem overwhelming to me. Uh, But even, you know, even in spite of that, some of my kids who were maybe a little more math oriented and weren't so much language arts oriented, um, they got overwhelmed easy, easily with language arts. But in the words of one of those children that I just recently talked to about this, uh, this particular curriculum, this is what he had to say. He said, you know, I, I did not like language arts at all. But he said, I could actually, he said, stand it doing learning language arts through literature. And so I thought actually <laughs> that was a great compliment coming from him. <laughs> that is. For as much as he didn't like language arts, he's like, it was actually doable. And so I just thought, I'm going to I'm gonna throw that out there for all you moms who have a, a son that's like that, so logic-minded, so black and white, so math-oriented. And it's just, a, it was a constant, a little bit of a, you know, struggle getting him to get through language arts. And so um, I, I think there are a lot of moms out there who are maybe feeling like either they've got a kid like that or they struggled with it themselves, or they don't feel qualified to teach it because it is um, a little more nuanced than math. (laughs) So uh, I'm excited to hear um, just what you have to share today. But before we dive into sort of the nuts and bolts of that, can you give us just a little bit more background on your connection to learning language arts? Absolutely. So my mom uh, was an educator and both my parents were, and they didn't really plan on homeschooling. But when my brother was old enough, uh, they just realized the classroom was not going to be a good fit for him. I mean, he loved bugs and digging in the dirt and being read to, but he hated quote unquote school. And he felt like he was being, you know, tortured when you put a pencil in his hand. (laughs) And so they just knew what was going to happen to him, and they wanted to keep that love of learning alive, which is why they started homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And when he was six and he's, you know, ready f- to go into first grade, and mom was looking for a curriculum to use with him that would cover language arts. And she found this great program written by Susan Simpson. And so she called the company, actually ended up talking to Susan, and wow. She said, hey, do you have something like this for first grade? Because the level she was looking at, I think, was fifth or sixth. And so she loved it so much. She was like, please tell me you have a first grade level. And when she found out that they didn't have a first grade level, they got to talking more and more. And then Susan actually invited my mom to write the first grade level curriculum. Oh, that is hilarious. 
Yes. So that's how they got connected. And then mom ended up writing five levels of learning language arts through literature. And my dad actually ended up writing um, two of the high school levels. So it's pretty amazing. Wow. Wow. That really is amazing. That's a huge connection. I'm sitting here laughing because I have heard so many stories. Uh, There's so much so much curriculum out there, homeschooling curriculum that was created by moms or parents who were homeschooling way back in the day when there wasn't much available and couldn't find what they were looking for. So they created it. And exactly. <laughs> and I just love that because what an example to your kids as well. It's like, well, we don't have it. Let's, let's create it. You know, um, it's, <laughs> it's such a homeschooly thing to do. <laughs> So I would love for you to share, because moms don't actually have the workbook in front of them. I do right now. I grabbed one because I have I have several still on my shelf, even though we're past um, past the, the point of I have the elementary books. Um, even though we're past that, I, I keep them around because I'm thinking I might be passing these on to my grandkids because uh, it, before I know it, they will be there. And, um, and I just love them so much. But I would love for you, since moms don't have it in front of them, tell us how uh, learning language arts uh, through literature is laid out and why you think it can be such a great fit for so many families. Awesome. Well, for me, I actually used it when I was a kid. So because mm. mom wrote it when my brother was three years older, I was able to use it uh, wow. when I, yeah. And I, it was my favorite part of school. Now I'm a language person, but right. I just loved the stories. I loved um, how it worked. I, I didn't mind because there it's doable. I, I think right. you used that word earlier. Mm-hmm. It's doable. Mm-hmm. It's a small chunk instead of trying to cover um, so many things and overcomplicating it. And the thing that I really treasure about it the most, I think um, now I'm using it with my six-year-old and the thing that really has stood out to me that when we've been working through it is the critical thinking that's built in. Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. actually so many questions and there's, you're not just trying to memorize, you know, rules of grammar and you're not just um, checking off boxes and filling in blanks. You're, you're talking about stories. You're helping them retell a story. You're you know, they're reading small books that are bite-sized enough that they feel successful as they go through it. And so I I have just loved using it with Lincoln. And I remember loving it as a kid um, because you're, you're learning in a natural way with stories, with being read to. Um, it's relational. So, you know, you have back and forth between you and the teacher. And to me, that's what homeschooling needs to look like. It needs to look like kind of this relational process of uh, going through it with your child and enjoying it with them. And I think learning language arts through literature gives a lot of opportunities for that. Um, and the way that it's laid out is it's kind of a whole language approach Right, to right. learning language arts. So it's, you've got grammar and vocabulary and spelling and, you know, parts of all of that is built in to the lessons through the books that they're reading and also through copy work and dictation, uh, which is another really natural kind of learning language arts through osmosis because you're, you're learning how to write by copying good writing instead exactly. of... Yeah, instead of trying to 
piece things together and fill in a blank or, um, you know, memorize different things, you know, you're, you're using a natural approach to seeing how it all fits together. Mm-hmm, and that's what mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, I, I think um, the word that comes to mind is integrated. It's like an, an integrated program. So everything ties to everything else. There's lots of connections to be made, which I think is super helpful for our kids. And what you said also about bite-sized, being bite-sized, um, you know, there's, there's. I'll give an example. Like right now I'm looking at the seventh grade book and in the first, um, one of the first uh, assessments in the book, um, it has you... Um, drawing a vertical line between the complete subject and the complete predicate, which you've obviously learned in the previous lessons, but there's only like five. So Mm -hmm. five is enough to prove that you know what you're doing. (laughs) And then otherwise it just gets so repetitive and so boring for so many kids. And I think that's one thing that I loved about it. It wasn't overly repetitive. It's like just enough to find out, are you getting it? Are you getting the concept? Yes, you're getting it. Now we're going to move on to the next thing. And so the next thing is to write the definition of a noun. And then the next thing is to rewrite the following sentences and placing appropriate pronouns for the underlined words. So everything is very, um, very clear what it is that they're supposed to do. And like I said, it's not, um, it's not overwhelming, I think. And that's just such a huge part of it. Like, it, you know, because language arts has so many pieces, moving pieces to it, um, it's difficult to, um, it would be difficult to integrate that ourselves. And that's what learning language arts through literature does for you. And uh, and I love that other part that you said about it being relational. And I realized as you were saying that, that is probably the other reason I loved it is because I could mm-hmm. interact with my kids with it. And uh, an- another thing that I just want to throw in there is I have... Um, child who has dysgraphia. So I could opt to have him verbally answer some of these questions so that he wasn't doing so much writing that he was losing focus um, because that's what mm-hmm. happens when a kid has dysgraphia is that they're so once they're so focused on the actual act of writing, they lose their train of thought on what you're trying to teach them. And so I had the option to do that in um in these lessons. And so that was also a huge blessing. Well, and, you know, like you said, you're not, they're not having to do so much that it feels like busy work and nobody needs that. Homeschooling families don't need that. Kids that are trying to, um, you know, get through their lessons and learn what they need to learn, but not in a way where you're bombarding them with things that they just have to do. And exactly. Using yeah. it with Lincoln, we've been able to have fun together. And mm. I don't do everything. Right. <laughs> Even though my mom wrote the curriculum, I actually flipped the book over and showed him her picture. We talked about it and Aww. he thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was a special moment for me. But that we don't awesome. do all of it. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's something my mom used to say is, did your did the author know your child when they wrote this book? No? Well, then Mm -hmm. you need to make adaptions. You know, that's with every single curriculum, you're going to have to make some some ways of adapting it and making it fit your family. And I think parents don't always realize that. They think, oh, no, we we have to do it all. And the truth is, if you do it all just as it's written, you're actually doing it wrong. Because Mm. Oh, I love that. You have to make some 
some way of adapting it to fit your specific children and your needs. Exactly. It's it's a customization. And I think that a, a lot of homeschooling parents hear that and they don't really know, they still don't feel comfortable um, getting permission to do that. And so I love that your mom, who actually wrote the curriculum, is saying, look, you need to adapt this to your child. So hear that, moms. I want you to hear what's being said um, from the author of this book and a homeschooling mom and an educator. She was all of those things. And she's telling you that you can adapt and adjust uh, according to your child's needs. You know, um, it's it's interesting that we're talking about this because I specifically remember there were some days that my one of my kids would just be having an off day. But for the sake of being consistent, we would still do something in our language arts book. And so maybe I would minimize what they were doing or I would skip over something just for that day because mm-hmm. they weren't feeling good or they were overtired. And so, you know, those are the kinds of, you know, adjustments that we have the freedom to make as homeschooling parents. You know, I'm looking at this seventh grade book and one of the things that is is uh, part of the lessons is diagramming. Now, I took a, maybe a, a maybe an unconventional approach to diagramming. I don't know. I basically said to my kids, "Here's here's what diagramming is." And so we would look at it in the book, and I would explain it to them, and have them read the directions and everything. Have them try it, and then I would say, "Do you want to keep doing this?" And they would say, "Yeah, this is great. I'm going to keep doing this. this. Is really a lot of fun." Or no. <laughs> and so that was one of those things where I let them not do it if they really if it really wasn't fun or interesting to them, you know. Um I did do that with everything, but with diagramming, I did do that because I didn't really see how uh you know, really just grinding it out with them was going to be beneficial in the long run. I would rather spend that time and energy on grammar, on reading, on spelling, <laughs> on those mm-hmm. other other kind of more major things. And so again, just an example of adapting and adjusting the curriculum to uh, to your child's need. Yeah, I think we we have to do that. We have to have the courage and the confidence to say, you know what, I know what's going to be best in this situation. And if you get the point across of what the lesson is trying to accomplish, well, mm-hmm. then that's that's the real goal right there. It's exactly. not to do everything within the lesson. It's to accomplish the goal. Exactly. And sometimes you realize that, you know, um, maybe that particular thing that is is being assigned is just a little too much for them in the moment, and you can go back and revisit it later. Uh, Just so many different options that we have. Um, And the other thing that I love about this is it's literature-based. That's a really fun aspect to it because, again, you're sharing a book. You're sharing some great literature. And I remember um, going, just one particular book comes to mind, and it was Black Beauty. And just the lessons that were actually in that book, I had no idea. Uh, I don't think I ever read it while I was growing up. And if I did, I didn't remember it. So being able to do that with my child and um, go through that story with them, it was just such a fun, a fun experience. Um, as you know, as you know, that story has so many great life lessons in it and uh, so many mm-hmm. applicable things. And so you you end up talking about 
more than just the story. It's like, wow, listen to that. That is a piece of advice that is really wise. You know, what what kind of situation would you use that in? And so right there, you're again adapting and adjusting through conversation and relationship, which I think is something that is just so incredibly valuable in homeschooling. It is. And, you know, the books really make all of the other stuff worth it. Mm -hmm. If you don't Mm -hmm. have the reading component where you're reading a great story together and you're Mm -hmm. just focusing on the grammar, you're just focusing on the spelling, it's kind of like, but if those spelling words and the vocabulary and all of that come out of the book that they're reading, it Mm -hmm. really gives it a purpose instead of just leaning to that busy, you know, busy work side of things. And I actually remember reading, um, strawberry girl was one that I remember us reading together on the couch. Um, Mr. Popper's penguins. We laughed so much during that book. (laughs) It's used in the curriculum. And I remember even up into high school when we would read, you know, a tale of two cities out loud together, it would still all be a family event and we were Mm. reading together. And Mm. to me, that is like the best part about homeschooling, or at least one of them. It it really is. And I I think about that now. You lost your mom in 2013. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So so now as as a mom, as you're moving forward with your kids, you have this beautiful experience to look back on. And and you get just think about the fact that your mom took the time to do that with you and may, gave you that experience and just what a blessing it's been to you all these years and then now as you're going into um to homeschool your own kids and it's just it's a beautiful thing and i think i think moms need to understand the gift that we are giving our kids when we're reading to them and when we're sharing these experiences with them and that's really what homeschooling is all about it's a shared experience it's not me at the you know in fr- front of the children at the end of the table giving <laughs> a lecture i remember somebody asked me that who clearly did not understand homeschooling she said so how many hours of day do you spend lecturing i was like none i i mean <laughs> unless you're unless you're talking about uh you know like correction and a lecture about something they shouldn't have done <laughs> Does that count? Right. <laughs> um, but she was a she was a college professor, and so she was you know that's that was her line of thinking, and it was just I just had to laugh because I was like it looks so much different than that you know when people th- say when you tell people you homeschool you can already tell like the wheels are turning and they're picturing this thing that really isn't that it doesn't look like that and um, and I think. The longer you homeschool, the more comfortable you are with that and the more grateful you are for that um, because it's just such such a precious time with our kids to have that shared experience with them. And the other thing I was going to mention that I love um, about learning language arts through literature is I'm sure that when people hear that you're reading together, like, is it this long list of, oh my gosh, we have to get through 30 books in two months? It's not. Um, it's a no. very doable pace, and that's that, that's something that I want to make sure that that moms know. Yeah, I think the books that they chose were all very, you know, selective, handpicked stories that you're going to want to continue reading and you're going to enjoy with your kids. But definitely, they don't overwhelm with the amount of reading that's needed, and. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important and it's, it's incremental, you know, so each level 
builds on those skills uh, moving forward. So when they're in this, the blue book is the one that I'm working on with Lincoln. And I mean, it's 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm, a day mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. it. And that's, mm, I, that. I think, I know. And I think people think that you're supposed to spend an hour or more doing these subjects. And it's like, you really need a small amount of focus time, especially with little kids. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. don't, they don't have the attention span to sit there for a long time. And so I use a small amount of focus time with him. It's doable. We get it done. And then, you know, we can move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love I love that you shared a, the approximate amount of time to spend in first grade because I, I think you're right. So many moms... They're they're looking back at the you know the traditional school because it's what most of us have to go off of, um, but you can attest as a homeschooler and as a homeschooling mom, and I can attest after well over two decades of homeschooling eight kids that you're absolutely right. In those early years, it does not need to be much time. You're just kind of giving them a little taste of things. You know, it's just sort of like. Um, it's like when you're uh, first giving a baby solid food, you don't give them a ton to start with and you give them really soft food that's easy to digest. And mm-hmm. and then slowly you gradually add more and more and more um, s- substance and more the portions get bigger and things like that. And I, I think that's a really good example of, of what homeschooling is. You start out light and slow and just as what is digestible for them. And, uh, and and the thing is that what moms don't realize is that is incredibly quality time, incredible quality time, because yes. you've got their focus, you've got their attention, they're engaged. It may only be 15 minutes, but that 15 minutes, um, you might not get that 15 minutes out of a classroom in two hours, worth of time because of the distractions and all the other things that are going on and whether or not that child is actually ready in that moment to take in that information or to have that interaction with you. And as moms and homeschooling moms, we can tell, like we know our kids. And, um, and so that's, that's uh, just a, it's, it's efficient. And, and that's another thing that I absolutely love about it. I would love for you. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say one small word to any moms out there who have young kids that they're not sure when to really start, you know, the reading process. And um, just an encouragement here that just like your children walk at different times, they're Mm going to read at different times Mm -hmm. and kind of being in tune with that uh, kind of patience that we have to have with them because they're developmental beings. And so they're going to develop into that place where they're ready to start maybe handling more, or um, maybe you bring it out and you have a curriculum that you love and you bring it out and it's just kind of frustrating or it's not really going well, or they're not able to focus. Mm -hmm. Well, I would encourage you to go ahead and put it down and then try again in a month or a couple of months and, you know, be flexible with your kids because if, if they want to be read to and that's what they want, well then, you know, do that. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. for me, having a learning disability, uh, visual perceptual processing disorder, which definitely played a big part in not being able to read fluently until I was a little bit older than most kids, mm-hmm. my mom had to be patient, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and work with my timetable and, and how I was developing. And I'm so grateful 
that she was patient with me because I love writing, I love reading, and it's because of that slow, gentle approach that she took with me. Mm, I love that. And I believe that we did another podcast together where we talked about a natural approach to education. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to include that link in the show notes, moms, if you want to go back and listen to that. Um, So can you talk just a little bit about exposure versus mastery? Sure. Um, So the term mastery, I think, is a little bit intimidating Mm -hmm. and when I think about that, um, I think about how it's such a process of growth. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that word growth would be a great one to plug in there because you're growing with your child and their interaction with language. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. communication. It's about learning how to uh, love language and to love to read. And if you look at it that way and you're not trying to master and fit it all in, then I think we have a much better relationship with language and writing. For me, writing is one of those things that I feel like it's so overcomplicated. And the truth is, if you can think, you can write. It's as simple as that. If we can communicate clearly in sentences and trying to explain something, well, then we can write. It's, it's not so complicated. And my, my dad was actually, um, an editor of SAT, you know, essays and the things that they would look for are completely in the opposite order that most people put the focus on. Most of people put the focus on all the details and the grammar and the spelling. That's the last thing that they look for when they're Mm. editing an essay, they're looking for the content. Did they communicate something? Did they have a message? Did they have a point of view? What are their thoughts in in this essay? And then they would score them on that. And then at the end, they would say, okay, let's let's just glance over the grammar and the spelling and stuff like that. But it was secondary. Hmm. And we always put that first. We put it as if, well, you can't really write until you can spell all the words correctly. You can't really Hmm. um, do it until your grammar, you know, you have good sentence structure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, That's not the case. It really isn't. And I love that you're saying this because so much of this can happen through conversation with our kids. And that's where, um, I think that we forget um, how important the conversation is. It's for me, it was always relational. I always just wanted to hear what my kids were doing, what they thought about things, how just kind of like how they, how their minds worked and, and what they, and just when I listened to them talk, I could tell a lot about where they were developmentally in their, um, just their thought patterns and the way that they were um, approaching life and um, where they were, you know, developmentally and all of that. And it was just, so I was constantly engaging them in conversation. And from the time they were very little, and the hilarious thing is they're 31 down to 17, only two of them live at home. And yet they walk through the door as adults, and the first thing they do is start talking to me about their life, about what's going on, their <laughs> thoughts, things that happened. And I was like, wow, you know, that was, that is awesome. Because, you know, early on when they were little and they would maybe 
go play in another room or they play outside or, and then they'd come inside to go to the bathroom or come inside to get a snack. I would say, Hey, what are you doing out there? And they would start to tell me about the project they were working on. And I would ask them questions. And I just feel like if we can engage them in that, um, it's not only great for the relationship, it's great for their writing skills, for their, especially when they're little pre-language skills and things like that. And it just, I don't know, it just all so beautifully ties together. And um, and I just think, isn't it just like God to, to let that mm-hmm. all connect? And so that while we're engaging in a wonderful relationship with our kids— and sometimes that includes, you know, working through conflict and disagreements and character training and all of that. Oh, yes. That while we're doing all of that, we're also modeling healthy communication, healthy relationships, but healthy communication, which words to use, what order to put them in, um, what emphasis to put put on certain words. And, uh, and it's just all such a beautiful, it just also beautifully ties together. And it's so much more simple than we think. Mm-hmm. I, If I can, I want to read this quote to you from Dr. Ruth Beechick. She wrote a book called You Can Teach Your Child Successfully. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was at, at the very beginning of the homeschooling movement. She was so excited about homeschooling. She was mm-hmm. an educator and really an expert. But she came in and said, no, this is a great opportunity for kids to be taught by their parents who love them in an environment where they feel safe and comfortable. Um, So she said this about writing, and I think it ties in so well with what you just said. She said, I cannot stress strongly enough that progress toward more mature writing happens within the child's total thinking abilities. It does not happen in any easy manner by simply learning techniques, forms, or tricks of writing. Mm, I love that. I love that. That is awesome. I think um, it is so important for uh, parents to understand that, you know, all of this is um, so beautifully, can can be so uh, beautifully integrated together. And, uh, and, it, and it doesn't have to be so intimidating and it doesn't have to be so overwhelming. And so mm-hmm. I'm super grateful that you were here today to share um share your thoughts and your experience with learning language arts through literature. I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to share. We kind of just sort of went off on a couple of bunny trails and I want to make (laughs) sure that you were able to share everything that you wanted to. Yeah, I think so. I'm just so grateful that you had me on and thank you for including me in this conversation. Well, it's it's a delight to have you here. And I love being able to have that sort of multi-generational homeschooling perspective as well, because I think so many parents worry that their par- that their kids are going to, you know, um, not be happy that they were homeschooled. And I have seen for myself over the years that 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 is rarely ever the case. Um, I know many, many, many homeschooling families who are done homeschooling and their kids are so happy that they homeschooled and they're going on to homeschool their own kids. And so uh, parents, don't fret, don't worry. (laughs) And don't allow yourself to be overburdened um, as you're walking this journey with your kids because it is such a beautiful time with them. And sure, there are things that are difficult. There are challenges. There are obstacles to get over. But I don't think there's really any point in putting more obstacles in the way. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, than necessary, you know, there are automatically going to be some. But I think if we can 
remember that simple is a lot of times so much better. And certainly that unhurried approach, especially in those early years, is such a blessing for our kids and for our relationship with them. Um, I'm going to also leave a link in the show notes uh, to that book that you mentioned, uh, You Can Teach Your Child Successfully, because I think moms would really benefit from reading some of Ruth Beechick's books as well. So it's a great resource. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We're going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you for your kindness and your goodness to us, Lord. We thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light and that you give us wonderful tools to be able to walk this journey out in a way that honors you, glorifies you, and just allows us to actually enjoy the journeys. So Lord, we thank you for this resource, Learning Language Arts Through Literature. Um, I pray that as moms um, listen and pray and think about um, what is a good fit for their kids, that uh, you would just lead them gently and um, give them wisdom and clear direction. We thank you for the privilege of homeschooling our kids, and um, we just love you and thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. And moms, mm-hmm. I'm just going to let you know, I will put in um, a link to lead you to where you can find these books. Um, I think, Ashley, you can probably give me a good link, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Sounds great. And we'll share your um, also your, uh, your resources as, as well if um, moms want to connect with you. So thanks again for being here. Thanks for being here, moms. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.